I want to share a little bit with you from the Word of God. Amen. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Now, those who are ready, I'm going to be sharing, and those who are not ready, I'm going to be sharing also. <laughs> I want to talk about the heavenly citizen. This is the third message on the heavenly citizen. The heavenly citizen is unlike worldly citizens. So often we, we are so inundated. That word means flooded, you know, overflowed by. But we are so inundated with the world and culture that sometimes it is difficult for Christians to differentiate between worldliness and what it means to be a believer. Sometimes they don't know the difference. Because some, uh, for many of us, not all of us, but for many of us, too many of us, culture informs us sometimes more than Christ. And so what we want to do is to explore what it means to be a citizen of heaven. The Bible says that our citizenship is in heaven. <clears throat> Many of you may say, well, no, my citizenship is in America or in some other place. But your citizenship, your eternal citizenship is in heaven, for you were born again. And, and then there is conduct that is heavenly, and there's conduct that is worldly. So we want to explore these things so that each of us will begin to live a life in expectancy. Yeah. We want to live a life where we are always in a state of readiness so that should Jesus come before uh, we finish the message, nobody will have to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but he's already blown the horn and, every, and everybody's being caught up. That means that bye-bye. Uh, you, you won't be there. That's what that means. It's not cruel. It means that Jesus is giving us an amazing opportunity to come to him. God the Father is always drawing and wooing, but many of us are, are like the person against the wall. You know, we call those people wallflowers. You know, you go to the dance, but you don't want to get out and be vivacious. You sit against the wall, and you'll just stand against the wall and just look all pitiful and sorry, and nobody wants to dance with you. So, so... A lot of times believers are like that. You know, Jesus is wooing us. God the Father is wooing us, wooing us, wooing us, doing good things for us, blessing us, and we still all against the wall, like do something else. All right? So we, we need to come out on the floor. Um, the kingdom of God, this is my thesis for the day, is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God is righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. So if the kingdom of God is not like the world. The world, you have a party, what do you want to do? Let's get some good food and let's drink. Let's eat and drink. You know, that's the world, right? But the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. But, so someone said so well, that when, you, when somebody says to you, you know, you know, I love you, you're great, and, and uh, you've done all these wonderful things, but they say he erases everything else they've said. So, so it, it at least changes the direction. So he says, the, the, Paul tells us, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So that means that the kingdom citizen must walk in righteousness, right? You must, you must have heavenly and godly character. You must walk as a person 
who has been justified by the blood of Jesus, that is, declared righteous and are in the process of being made righteous. You have been declared righteous judicially by God because of faith in Jesus, and now there's a process called sanctification wherein you are being made into what God declared you are. And so that's a, a heavenly citizen. He is someone who is in process, yes, of being made righteous. So then you and I can never make a peace treaty with our old behavior, right? We never make a peace treaty. Well, that's just the way I am. Whoa, no, because we are being made. We are in a, 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 a process of metamorphosis. We are being made what God has declared us to be. So he says that then there is peace. So there is in every believer, every citizen of heaven, the sense of peace. You have peace, uh, real peace. That is, what was broken has now uh, been joined together again. So if your life is not still broken, it's not still a mess. It's, you're not still messed up like you were when you came to Jesus, right? When you came to Jesus, you were everybody, regardless of the sins you had committed. You may not have committed the kinds of sin, sins that someone else committed, but you were still broken and messed up. You were not fit for heaven. When I was a boy in, in the church I grew up in, they would say, oh, before Jesus, you know, we had the testimony service. That means that everybody had to testify, right? And uh, so they, they would say, before Jesus came, I... I was not uh, fit to live nor prepared to die. I was not fit to live nor prepared to die. And so, but every heavenly citizen must be fit to live. That is right, you're, you are uh, a plus to everybody living on the earth. You are a plus to your community, but you are also prepared to die, right? And so this is what God wants us to understand. So you have the peace you have the peace with God, peace with God, and you have peace of God. So sometimes peace of God can sometimes be something I'm pursuing for the moment. But it is something that has been given to the heavenly citizen. So we have peace with God. That means God is not angry with you. Sometimes we say, I know God's mad at me today. No, God's not angry. You're just convicted about your own mess. Right? Right? And that's a good thing. So, so, so then, uh, sometimes to have the peace of God, we have to pursue that. We have to believe God for that. Okay, God, I know something d difficult happened in my life, and it is just causing upheaval. I believe in you, as Shira was saying. I believe in you. I believe in you. You can say that to yourself. I believe in self-talk, the right kind of self-talk. I believe in it. Now, I, I, I do... Uh, see people from time to time who talk to themselves in a very unusual way. Uh, and I'm not promoting that. I, I told you all my story, right? I was driving down to the, the Saratoga, and uh, one, one day I was, and I saw one of the brothers in the church, and I, I was so excited to see him, so I spared up a little bit, speeding up a little bit for the officers. That didn't mean I was speeding, <laughs> all right? But I sped up a little bit, and I caught up with him. I was going to say hi, and I was driving by, and I was saying hi to him, you know, hi to him. I said, oh, he's talking to somebody. And so I, was, I drove a little bit further. There was nobody there. He was talking to that person. He would say, yeah, yeah. He would talk to him, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, that's weird. That's not the kind of self-talk I'm talking about. 
you know, when you talk and then you answer. Now, now, now let me tell you what. I can't tell you one more story about, about self-talk. I guess this church, we collect the kingdom of heaven, catches everything, right? So there was this other situation where I walked up on a brother, surprised him. He was talking to somebody, and uh, he was in this direction, and he was just talking, and, and then he was answering himself. I said, hey, brother. Oh, well, I do that sometimes. So that's not quite what I'm talking about. I'm saying say, <laughs> say good things. Say good things, things that God wants you to say about the kingdom of heaven, who you are, who God has made you. And he says you should have joy, like I have a lot of joy right now. I'm, I'm talking about my brothers and with lots of joy, right? Calm delight, cheerfulness, gladness, and fullness. So then I don't have joy if I don't have that sense of fullness. So the kingdom of heaven, citizens, have a fullness to them. Uh, 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 Reverend uh, Stan and I were talking about, about uh, heaven and fullness and being complete one day. And he said something that really blessed me. He said, well, the reason we, we're not going to have marriage in heaven, I know some of you have such great relationships here, you, are, you feel bad about that. You want to be married to that person in heaven. Well, I'm sorry, you're going to be married to Jesus. Huh? But, but we were talking about it, and he said, the reason we don't need um, uh, to be married in heaven and will not be married in heaven is because we, are, we will have reached completeness, fullness. Each person will be totally full of God and we have no reason for someone, as it were, to compliment us in the, as we do in this life. So we'll have total fullness. Now, don't feel bad. You can be with that person like the fingers on my hand are close to each other and they are a unit. You can still be close to that person you love in this life. All right. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 23, uh, Jesus tells us the, the conduct of the citizen of heaven. And one reason I want to say these things to all of us is that sometimes we have gotten the idea that God doesn't mind us staying the way we are. And we've also gotten the idea that I can learn a plethora of things, a great number of things. I can learn all these things, and it will make me something. Not necessarily so. So these are things that the Lord wants us to know, that as citizens, these are the rules, as it were, of the kingdom. This is how a kingdom person ought to act, ought to carry themselves. Now, families here, the families who are here, you know, sometimes in your family, a child might do something or may have done something that was not right, and you didn't appreciate it because it was giving the family a bad name. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Some of you are really quiet, so I'm going to keep preaching on this. Real quiet. I'm, so, uh -huh, I'm hitting you. You know, yeah, because sometimes a child will do something, and it just, it's a bad reflection on their family. You know, you do something in the community. You know, you know, you weren't raised like that. You weren't raised like that. We didn't rear you that way. Why are you doing those things? And they would just keep doing those things as though they were an island. They were not. They were a bad reflection on the home, on the family. And so likewise, when believers don't walk out the truth of the gospel, they're like a bad reflection on the father. So what, what, what do I mean by that? I'm saying that people who don't know God will seem to think, well, if that's a, if that's a, 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 a kingdom citizen, I don't want to be one. 
because that person is no different than they are. So I'm saying you must be different in the world. And it's not like, well, that person got on my last nerve, so I have a right to be really bugged with them and to say things against them. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, no, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Now listen to what he tells us in Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate. So with that, he is already telling us that you, you don't get to do whatever you want to do as a citizen of heaven. It's a narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it. So, so he says, enter into this narrow gate because wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it. So when he said this, when you can just do whatever you want to do and say, well, I'm saved. No, that's a, that is a wide gate. That is a broad way and it is leading to destruction. And then he, he, Jesus explains in verse 14 by saying, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Wow. So he's saying there's narrow, the gate is narrow. Have you ever walked in a place that was constricted and how you had to maybe turn around and walk? He said, that's the way it is with the kingdom of heaven. You, God has not um, brought forth this amazing kingdom for you to do whatever you want to. In Matthew chapter 6, we hear, we read that um, we are to pray our Father who art in heaven, hallowed sanctified, set apart, be your name. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, and God's kingdom is coming in our lives. Your will be done. Not many wills, but one will. Your will be done. And so the narrow gate means you don't get to add your ideas to Jesus's. That, that's what that really means, right? And he says there are few who find it. So that means that God knows the way. It's similar to those who were reared like I was reared. And my, my family, my brothers were, were reared. Um, my parents would say, I know what's good for you. Anybody ever grew up like that? Grew up like that? I know what's good for you. How many of you were like me and, and muttered under your voice, you don't know what's good for me? You know? <laughs> I didn't dare say it out loud. You don't know what's good for me. You know, because if I had said it out loud, as one, one of those East Texas men would say, I would have been killed. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 15. Now, verse 15 is very instructive for us. It's very instructive for us, right? Verse 15 says, beware of false prophets. Uh-oh. You say, well, I would like to beware of false prophets, but how do I know this is a false prophet? So, there have always been false prophets. From the beginning, there were false prophets. There just seems to be a proliferation of false prophets. You know, because with internet, boy, there can be more false prophets. Some false prophets didn't have transportation, but now they just get on the internet. <laughs> so what is it Jesus says? Beware of false prophets. So this is for all the body. Do you remember when you were a child and your parents would say, don't take candy from strangers. Remember that? Don't you take anything. If somebody, if a stranger comes to you, you run. Don't, don't do that, right? Don't you do that. And so he says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. So that all, all false prophets do not say, I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm a thief. I'm a cheat. And I've come to steal from you. They don't do that. They don't do that believers, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. 
They, they look like they got sheep clothing, but inside they're ravenous wolves. In other words, they've got an appetite for lamb chops. You're a lamb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you will know them how? No, you didn't say that with conviction. You will know them by their fruits. You will know them by their fruits. You will know them not by what they say, but by what they do. You'll know them, yes, by the produce. <laughs> yes, you will know them. You will know them. They may say nice things, but false prophets will say one nice thing, and then they'll negate the nice thing by the other things. So, so now, it's not just what they say, it's what they post. It's what they tweet. It's what they text. Wow. Wow. Am I still preaching? You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. And so, what Jesus is telling us, that heavenly citizens know people. Now, now uh, that was a friend of mine, a very dear friend of mine. If this person is watching today, I, I, am, I am only saying this be, because nobody knows who you are. <laughs> this, this good friend of mine used to, uh, had really great discernment, great discernment. And uh, this person would always say to me, I know what I see. I know what I know. And I would say, well, there is a gift of discerning of spirits. There is a gift God gives called discernment. But there's also a gift of suspicion. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not speaking of you having a suspicious nature. So the kingdom citizens are not people who now have a suspicious nature. But you have knowledge. You have understanding. You know what's good and what's bad. Now, the Bible says that my, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. He says, my sheep know my voice. But as someone will say it so well, the lambs may not always know. The lambs may not always know. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I have gone to little babies here after they were been born. And they would hear my voice and they were looking for me. Because in the mother's womb, they obviously heard my voice. That's amazing, isn't it? So lambs may not, but lambs can also know the voice of God. Lambs can. Let's look at verse 21. Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Uh, no, let's stop there because sometimes people think that church membership grants them a place in heaven. Not so. Not so. Just because you go to church, you do your own thing. Yeah, I know, you know, I, I know, but, but God loves me. God loves me. Now just keep doing your, your own thing. But the question is, do you love God? Do you love God? Do you think God's going to uh, populate heaven with people who don't love him? Then heaven would become hell for the, all of us. No, do you love God? And do you do the will of, of God? Do you walk in the will of God? Now you may say, I'm trying. Well, let me give you some 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 information. The, you have been given the Holy Spirit so you don't only try but do. 
So you have the most powerful spirit ever. Not just a human spirit. You have now the spirit of God living inside you, not just informing you, but strengthening you. Amen. You have the spirit of God. He is the same spirit who was presiding, hovering over chaos in the beginning. So heavenly citizens have the spirit of God. The same spirit who was hovering over chaos in the beginning, waiting on the Father to speak. And when he said, let there be, he went into action. Wow, everything happened right, powerfully. Chaos became order. Darkness was dissipated and the light shined. And different amazing things. That's the same spirit you have in your, in your heart. So, so not, none of us is with excuse. We're all without excuse. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And so those who are born again, those citizens who are born again, who have a birth certificate in heaven, are people who do the will of God. And we, we're always searching for the will of God. Now, if I were to come to you or somebody from my staff would come to you and say, you know, we need someone to help us serve uh, we're going to ha have such and such a function. You go, well, that's really not my gift. Let me pray about it. What is wrong with you? The, 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 you know, heavenly citizens, whatever their hands find to do, they do it. Amen. I mean, you, can you imagine, you know, if my family w was not provided for and, and somebody offered me a job, I said, well, no, I, I don't like doing that. Let me pray about it and I'll, I'll get back with you. No, no, no. You do what your hands find to do, and you do it well. But, but here he says, knowing, uh, doing the will of God, the person who does the will of God. Uh, a quick story. When I was a young man, I was always trying to find the will of God. You know, right? I told you this story. I was trying to find the will of God, and, and uh, I just wanted to know the will of God, will of God. I was always, oh, God, what, give me, show me your, what's your will for my life? What's your will for my life? But I, I was working while I was looking for the will of God. I was doing, I was still going to church. I was still giving, I was still uh, uh, living uh, uh, the life uh, of, of a Christian. I was doing everything, still trying to find the will of God. And so it's not like you do, you do wrong things and say, well, he hasn't told me yet. That's not the way it is, right? You, you, you're searching for the will of God and you, then you do the will of God. Searching for the will of God and then you do the will of God. Now, one, one thing you can know about the will of God is this. And you say, well, I don't know the will of God for my life. Do this. Just inhale and exhale, you know, and, and just keep doing that. Keep being faithful and God will show you more. Amen. He says in verse 22, now I always say uh, to charismatics and Pentecostal people and non-denominational people, verse 22 is for you. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, you who practice sin. See, there are people who, who got, who are, there seem to be obvious miracles in their lives, but they don't live one iota of Christianity. You say, well, how, is that, how does that happen? Well, God obviously honors his word. God obviously honors the faith of the people who are going there for their miracle or whatever they're going for. But that person is a charlatan. That person is not right. Sometimes you, you will, you'll see contradictions. You'll see red flags, and it's because they're there. 
He says he's going to say to those people, he says, I'm going to declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you practice lawlessness. Wow. But now, contrary to that, in First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, contrary to that, that's not you, okay? Can you just say with me, that is not me. That will not be me. Now, if you didn't say that, maybe that is you. Is that too cold? Yeah, if you refuse to say that, that could be you. You know, because some people are so religious, they go, well, I don't mind lying, but I'm not going to lie in church. <laughs> Am I too hard? You wouldn't tell me if I were. You know, I remember years ago when I was a young man, you know, we had what we call, they call them now, we, we soft pedal everything these days. We call them alcoholics. But when I was a boy, we called them what they were. We'd say they're drunks. And these guys, they were drunks, and they would walk around, they would walk down the road. They were always, always, almost always cool guys. And they would walk around, and they had their liquor in their pocket. Uh, but when they got by the church, they were drinking and sharing with each other, drinking and sharing with each other. And when they got by the church, they'd say, hey, put that up. We're going we're to walk by the church. <laughs> and so in the moment they got by the church, they'd get it out again. You know, but so there are some people who say they're so religious to go, I'm not going to lie in church, but uh, I'm not ready to live right. Well, what if Jesus were to come before we left church today? See, heavenly citizens know that they must live in a state of readiness. He says, but you are a chosen generation. You are chosen by God. You are a royal priesthood. You have the blood of Jesus Christ. You, are, you have sonship. You are a holy nation. You are God's separated people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Kaleo you. He, he called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once not a people, but you are now the people of God. You were living a life without mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. You are a different people. You are the people of God. Mm. Hallelujah. And Jesus says to us, you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth, the people of God, heavenly citizens. You shall know the truth. 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 You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Shall make you free. Shall make you free. Shall make you free. You are different than all the peoples of the world. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give an invitation. I'm going to just to give you an invitation to come to this Jesus I'm preaching about. In John chapter 8, verses 21 through 24 is my, my, my invitation to you. Jesus said, I'm going away. He was talking to the Pharisees. They were, they were his enemies. They were supposed to be the people of God. He says, you will seek me and will die in your sin. And where I go, you cannot come. Where I go, you cannot come. So the Jews said, those were the leaders. Will he kill himself because he says, where I go, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I'm not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. 
if you are here today, you don't, you don't need to die in your sins. Because once you die in your sins, it's that way for eternity. You have rejected God and rejected God and rejected God and rejected God. And God says, okay, you can have it. An eternity without me. That's, does that sound chilling? It's chilling. I, I don't want you, God. I don't want you to control my life. I don't want you to tell me what to do. And finally one day he says, you can have it. That's you today. You can make a, a difference. Right now you can say, no, no, I don't want that. I'm going to ask if that's you, if you'll just raise your hand that I might see it and leave it up until somebody recognizes it. Is that, who is that? Anybody here? Anyone here says, I want to give my heart to Jesus today. I don't want to die in my sins. Where is the hand? Okay. Yes. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? You want to give your heart to Jesus today? What we're going to do today, brother, I would like for you all to just go with the, the, sit by the lady or touch the lady there by Sister Gracie. Sister Gracie, I want you to touch her and we're going to pray with her. Is, is there anybody else here? Anybody else here? You know, one, one thing, don't ever flirt with disaster. Don't flirt with danger. Don't flirt with eternity. Lord God, in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ, we give you the, the thanks and the praise. We give you thanks and praise. We give you glory and honor. We appreciate what you have done and what you're doing. We thank you for our sister. And we thank you for cementing in her heart and in her life that she belongs to you and that she will never stray. Jesus, you said that those who come to you will never perish. They will never perish. They cannot perish because they're in your hands. They're saved by your eternal, everlasting blood. We thank you for her. We thank you for the one who would be bold enough to say, I want Jesus in my life, in my heart. We bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.